This podcast is a production of Phoenix Media. Explore more episodes of this show and other great shows on the Phoenix Media Podcast Network by visiting phoenixmedia.us. The views expressed do not necessarily represent those of the company or its advertisers and may contain language that's unsuitable for younger listeners. Thank you for tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. I'm your host, Christian Phoenix. Now, growing up as a comic book fan of the 80s and 90s, I've always been fascinated with how storytellers translated these iconic heroes from the page to film, television, and radio. Long before we got the big-budget CGI epics we enjoy today, children gathered around their radios to hear their favorite do-gooders come to life with little more than their imaginations and these broadcasts from a time long forgotten. I invite you to gather around your radio for this presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. Horse with a speed of light, a cloud of dust, and a hearty high silver, the Lone Ranger. When the early pioneers settled in the western United States, they kept many of their eastern customs, but they were unable to maintain law and order in the new territory. Outlaws preyed on the honest settlers. Cattle were stolen, banks were looted, and no man's property was safe. That was when the masked rider of the plains first rode in the cause of justice. No man did more in the fight against crime and criminals, and the memory of his deeds will remain as long as the memory of the early west itself. Now return with us once more to those thrilling days of yesteryear. The Lone Ranger rides again. Come on, Silver! We're heading for Wellsville! Someone's waiting on the trail ahead! The town 
Father Wellsville was founded by Zeb Wells, an Easterner. Its citizens were old neighbors and friends of Zeb from the East. And it was Zeb's money that had made it possible for them to settle in the new country. Zeb refused either to follow the customs or to be friendly with the people of the West. And the other inhabitants of Wellsville, because of their debt to him, were forced to obey his wishes. As the first scene of our drama opens, we see Nate Porter, the marshal, hailing who just entered town. Hold on there. Are staying in town for a while, you're going right on through. Reckon we'll stay a while, won't we, Marty? Reckon we will, Doc. What's it to you, Marshal? Well, if you're staying, you'll have to hand over them shooting irons you're wearing. Eh? What's that? You're local. Them's the rules, and I'm here to enforce them. I never heard of such a thing before. Is that some more of them darn fool notions of Zeb Wells? It was Zeb give me my orders. You fellow strangers here? Yeah. And how come you'd know about Zeb? Shucks, everyone around these parts has heard about the crazy things he does. Is it a fact old Zeb won't let none of the girls in this town keep company with anybody that ain't from the East? It sure is. And he won't let nobody but Easterners stay in town unless they're on business? Well, not that exactly. There ain't no way to stop strangers from coming here. They just ain't made welcome, that's all. You don't talk like no Easterner. I ain't. But Zeb had to have a fellow that's handy with a gun for town marshal, so he hired me. This is sure the dernest setup I ever seen. Give me your shooting irons. You can have them back when you're ready to move on. All right. Here's mine. They'll be in my office when you want them. And here's mine. Mm-hmm. Come on, Monty. Let's get going. Yeah. Say, Marshal, there's two more fellas coming. Them fellas on two big white horses. You're taking their guns, too? I sure am. There ain't nobody comes to this town without handing over his gun belt. Come on. Get up there. Get up there. Come on. Get up there. I don't know whether I should have let them fellas stop in town at all. They're sure a pair of tough-looking hombres. Hey, you fellas. Oh, oh, so oh, oh, boy. Oh, boy. It's my gun belt, Marshal. Here, here, mine. Oh, well, I'll be doggone. How'd you fellow savvy what I stopped you for? We heard it was the rule here. Well, it ain't none of my doings, but I reckon Zeb savvy's what he wants. He seems to have definite opinions about everything. He has that. Especially about Westerners. Chuck, Zeb ain't a bad feller, but he just come out this way, and he's still got the notion there ain't no Westerner was ever any good. I see. Come on, fellow. Uh, Your guns will be in my office, stranger. Very well. Come on, Come on, point, sir. Where are those two men gone who were talking to the marshal just before we rode up, Kimosabe? Them stopped by in Liberty Barn. They look to me like Dolph Layton and Monty Megan. Uh-huh. When we saw Bolivar Bates and Hacksaw Hastings, they told us Dolph and Monty were riding this way. Them two fellas, outlaws. Dolph and Monty are two of the worst outlaws in this section. What them do here? That's what I want to find out. How you find out? First, I want to have a talk with Zeb Wells. Him plenty strange, fellas. I've heard a lot about him lately. Uh-huh. And from what I've heard, I'm afraid he's heading for trouble. Why you think that? He's prejudiced against everything in Western. <laughs> that right. For instance, he won't allow his people to carry guns. That bad. Zeb insists that only bullies and outlaws need guns. He isn't aware that if outlaws carry guns, honest people must do the same to protect themselves. Uh-huh. Wellsville has no bank. People here take the money to Zeb and he keeps it in his safe. Many outlaws know that. That would be a temptation to any outlaw. Zeb sometimes has thousands of dollars in his safe, from what I've been told. Not keep plenty cash. That's why I wanted to come here when I learned that Dolphin Monty would be in town. They may plan to take advantage of Zeb's ignorance of Western ways. Maybe that's right. Dunham, I want you to follow Dolphin Monty. Uh, don't do that. Try to hear everything they say. Uh-huh. And in the meantime, I'll look over the town before calling on Zeb. I'll leave him, you know. See you later. Right. Come on, Silver. <laughs> Well, 
Young Cliff Dolan had been born in the West and now was the owner of a small but prosperous ranch not many miles distant from Wellsville. We see him as he enters the general store run by Zeb Wells in town. Howdy, Rita. I come to see you, Paul. Oh, no. I told you I was. And I ain't afraid of him even if he is Lev Well. Cliff, if he should find out I've been seeing you. That's just what I figure on telling him. But you can't... Well, where is he? He just stepped back in the storeroom. Please leave before he comes. Now, honey, you can't do that. We might just as well settle things once and for all. You can't talk to Father. I aim to tell him you and me plan on getting hit. He'll be furious. Maybe he will, and maybe he won't. But I don't hanker to keep on sneaking behind his back. He's going to find out right now how things stand. Oh, Cliff, wait. Please wait. But, Rita, there ain't no sense in it. You don't know. He may change his mind about things after a while, and you know I'll always wait for you. Sure, I savvy you love me, honey. Just the same way I'm crazy about you. But it ain't fair to any of us to let things go on the way they've been. I, I think I hear Father coming. Well, that's just fine. Go. Please go. If he gets into one of his terrible tempers... Rita! Yes, Father? Where is this young man you're talking to? Customer? Why, uh... He, I ain't uh, no customer, Mr. Wells. Yes? I come to tell you I aim to marry your girl. What's that? And Rita wants to marry me, too. Rita, this true? I, yes, it is. Get out of here, young man. Now, look here, Mr. Wells. That ain't no way to act. There ain't nothing you could have against me. I said get out. Not till I said all I come to say. You'll get now or I'll take a whip to you. Father, there's a customer. He can wait. Won't have any young whippersnapper like this to find me. Mr. Wells, I got a ranch and cash in the bank over to Leadville. I ain't a drinking man nor a gunfighter, neither. I can't see why you... No daughter of mine will marry a westerner. But you ain't... I know your breed. You're ruffians. Nothing but ruffians. The whole lot of you. That ain't so. When I founded this town, I said no one living here would have anything to do with your kind. Father, can't you be reasonable? I am reasonable. I'm saving you from a foolish mistake. Well, you might as well know right now that I ain't giving Rita up. Do you see this whip? What do you aim to do with that? I said I'd take a whip to you if you didn't leave. You better leave, Cliff. There ain't a man alive can drive me out of any place. Well, I'll show you... That was just a warning. Next time, it'll be across your back. Why, you... I warned you. I'll fix you for that. And here's another. I know you do. Go, my arm. Not until you drop that whip. Get back, stranger. Drop that whip. Stop it. I can handle my own fights. There isn't going to be a fight. Get out, Cliff. I'll do no such thing. Do as he says, Cliff. Don't you understand the trouble you've made for me already? But I tell you, I'm not... the one that's punished for what's happened, not you. Go on, Cliff. I'll go. But it won't be you that's making me go, Mr. Wells. If I ever see you near my daughter again, I'll horsewhip you within an inch of your life. I, I'm sorry about the way things had to turn out, Rita. So am I, Cliff. So long. But I'll be seeing you. Goodbye. All right. You can have your whip back, Zeb. Confound you. What right you have to interfere? You a friend of his? I'm a friend of all Westerners. Yeah, just as I thought. You can get out of here, too. I came here to talk to you. I hope to persuade you that the course you're following is wrong. I thunder. I... What's that? Just cowboys setting off steam, Zeb. They're shooting off guns in some. Don't stand for it. There's no harm in it. It's just a custom. Where's the marshal? Why'd he take your guns away? I'll see to this. Out of my way, Zeb. You plenty man. Uh, I apologize for the way Father talked. He isn't always this way. Really, he isn't. But, Cliff... I know. Was there something you wanted? Only to talk to your father. But I'm afraid that's hopeless. Yes. He won't listen to anybody. Come, Tyler. Uh -huh. Come back later. He may be more reasonable then. Thank you. What did you learn, Kimosabe? How to hear them talk, Dawson, Marty? Uh -huh. What did they say? Me learn. There are plenty of other fellas with them. They have a gang? Mm, that's right. I wonder what the rest of the gang is. Maybe we trail them, Dawson. Huh? That's a good idea. Steady, Silver. Leave town only short time. We'll see if we can pick up the trail. They must have something planned if they're here with the gang. Uh -huh. And I'm afraid it won't do any good to talk with Zeb now. 
Why, that? I'll tell you about it later, Tonto. But now we're in a hurry. Come on, Get him up, white fella. Outlaws, Darth Layton and Monty Megan, were careful to avoid the regular trails when they left Wellsville. They headed straight for the hills and a damn forest. We see them now as they enter the clearing where their gang is camped. Hi there, Link. What'd you find out? <laughs> oh, plenty. This is going to be just about the easiest stunt we ever done. Yeah. Monty's right. That blame fool Zeb Wells couldn't have fixed things better for us. That's why I said it might be a good notion coming here. And it was the best notion you ever had, Link. I'm telling you, there ain't nobody in town even carries a gun except in the town marshal. <laughs> That's a good one. Uh-huh. What's more, when some cowboys come riding into town from off the range, firing their guns and whooping it up, you'd have thought everybody in town would go loco. Huh? Even old Zeb himself beat it out of his store to stop him. Zeb did that. What only him, the blacksmith, the hotel clerk, the fellow in the feed store, the whole bunch of them come running to give the marshal a hand. Well, I'll be doggone. And it was just that that gave us our scheme. Yeah. You tell him about it, Dolph. It was your idea. How would you fellas like to be cowboys for maybe an hour or so? Go ahead, Dolph. Well, it's like this. I seen how all the folks in town rushed to help the marshal when them cowboys rode in. I figured you fellas could do the same thing. What do you mean? I suppose you know all the cash in town is mostly kept in Zeb Wells' safe. Yeah, that's because they ain't got no bank yet. Uh-huh. Well, if you fellas rode into town firing your guns in the air and making a plenty noise... That'd give me and Monty a chance at that safe while nobody was around. My golly, that ain't a bad idea. They would be out of his store like a flash as soon as he heard the commotion. And Dolph and me would be right there to open the safe with blasting powder. But that'd be heard. Not if you fellas made enough noise. Uh, just a second. If there ain't none of them carrying guns but the marshal, why can't we just ride into town and help ourselves without trying to fool them? Yeah. Sure, we could do that. Then it'd be known who the outlaws. This way, there won't be no one to see us. There ain't no way for it to be proved you was working with us. I reckon you are right at that. All you fellas got to do is make a commotion. Do you see us riding out of town? <laughs> and when we meet you in camp, there'll be cash enough for all of us. And all because old Zeb is too darn stubborn to savvy what's good for him. <laughs> the curtain falls on the first act of our thrilling Lone Ranger drama. Before the next exciting scenes, please permit us to pause for just a few moments. Ooh, yeah, let me tell you something right here, aha! It's the Loot Crate subscription box, yeah! Full of exclusive loot, on surprises, and delivered to your door every month! Just pick up your favorite geeky genre, daddy! <laughs> From the original Loot Crate, the Loot Crate DX collectible boxes, dude! Cowabunga! To the Loot Gaming video game box! Woohoo! Wowzers! With crates starting as low as $11.99 per month, those are facts just about for all collectors. To get your geek on, head over to phoenixmedia.us forward slash loot crate and claim your exclusive offer. That's F E N I X media.us forward slash loot crate. Great Scott! Snap into a loot crate, it. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media.
feet of light, a cloud of dust, and a hearty high of silver, and the Lone Ranger. Now to continue the story. Zeb Wells brought a group of Easterners to the West and founded the community of Wellsville. But he stubbornly refused to adopt Western customs or make Western friends. And a group of outlaws, led by Doff Layton and Monty Megan, planned to take advantage of this. In the meantime, the Lone Ranger had been following their trail closely. As our second act opens, early the following day, we see the Lone Ranger and his faithful Indian companion, Tonto, riding toward the ranch of Cliff Dolan, a friend of Zeb's daughter, Rita. I hope we find Cliff at his ranch, Tonto. Ah, we know the outlaws plan to enter town this afternoon, but we need help to trap them. Tonto, think Cliff, help us. If we'd had more time, I would have told Zeb what we heard when we trailed the outlaws to their camp. Ah, uh, him not believe you. I was afraid he wouldn't. Then that much time would have been wasted. Ah. And there was something else. What's that? Zeb hates all Westerners. Uh, Tonto know that. He needs something to show him that he's been mistaken. Ah. Most of the people in town would like to live on good terms with their Western neighbors. But they feel they must obey Zeb. That's right. So all we have to do is show Zeb that he's wrong. And the situation will be cleared up. You got plans? I have. But it depends on Cliff. There, his rent. And I think that's Cliff sitting on a horse next to the corral. Ah. Him see us. Yes, he's riding this way. He won't recognize me with his mask on. When I met him yesterday, I was disguised. Hi there. I want to speak to you, Cliff. What in blazes? Your mask. Oh, oh, oh. An outlaw. Well, I'll shoot him. Shoot him. Get it back, my gun. You snatch it right out of my holster. Don't keep him run. Give him you later. Bless you. I want to... You'll get your gun back, Cliff. But I tell you... Right now, I want your help. What help could I give you? You're in love with Rita Wells? What if I am? I happen to know that outlaws are planning to rob her father. What's that? Tonto and I trailed them to their camp and overheard their plans. That's a darn funny thing for an hombre like you to be telling me. If I were an outlaw, I'd say nothing about it. Well, there's something to that. I have a way to capture the outlaws and show Zeb that he was wrong. You mean it might fix it so he wouldn't object to me and Rita keeping company? I do. I don't know. Everything depends on your willingness to help. By golly, I'll do it. Anyhow, I'll listen to what you have to say. And if it makes sense... Then I'm with you. Good. Now, this is what we'll have to do. The outlaws had completed their plans for the raid upon Wellsville. We see them now, their horses saddled and their guns loaded, as they discuss the final details. I reckon you fellas have got most everything straight now. Yeah, How soon do you want us fellas to follow you into town, Dolph? Just give me and money five or ten minutes. Then come riding in as noisy as you can. Yeah. Just a second, Dolph. How about blasting powder for the safe? I was forgetting about that. <laughs> I weren't. But I don't see none. Just keep your shirt on, Manny. Old Zeb is going to give us the powder for blowing up his own safe. Huh? <laughs> Why should we carry any? We have to give our guns to the marshal. And if he sees us carrying blasting powder into town, he's liable to suspicion something. Yeah, I know, but, but I... But has got some in his store. We'll buy it from him. Then when he's out, we'll just take back our own cash with the rest of it. <laughs> I've got to hand it to you, Dolph. Ain't you taking extra guns with you? Sure. Got them hidden inside our shirts. We'll give our gun belts to the marshal, and he won't never think of looking for more shooting iron. And most likely you won't need them if everything goes off all right. Mm. The main thing is, make all the commotion you can. You just leave that to me and the boys. Set one of the fellows to watch the general store. If he sees any trouble, the rest of you can come and help us out. Yeah. But if he sees us come out and get on our horses, he can give you the high sign and you can all light out and get away. I won't forget. You got our horses there, Marty? Yeah. 
All right. Let's get going. We'll be seeing you, fellas. You're darn right you will. Get up there. Come on. Get up there. Come on. Get up there. Get up there. Flash ahead to Zabwell's general store in town. The old man, still bitter toward Cliff Dolan, is speaking with his daughter, Rita. You haven't seen anything of young Dolan since yesterday, have you? No, Father. Yeah, you'd better not. Father, can't you realize how wrong you are? Cliff is one of the nicest men I've ever met. They're all the same. Oh, Haven't I seen them? Gambling, drinking, gunfighting. I won't have a daughter of mine associating with them. Uh, I suppose there's no use trying to argue with you. None at all. Oh, there's the marshal. Howdy, Mr. Wells. Hello, marshal. Quiet in town today. Yep. Just took some guns off a couple of strangers. They didn't make no trouble. Strangers? Well, not exactly. They were in town yesterday, but I never seen them before that. Hmm. I got some cash here. Reckon uh, you could put it in your safe for me? Be glad to. Here it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Goes $40 there. Mm-hmm. You're saving your money. <laughs> Shucks. There ain't nothing else to do with it in town. I'll put it away for you now. Safe's open. Hmm. You got a sight of cash there. Close to 10000 won't be long before we'll be needing a bank here. Not by the looks of it. There. It's all locked up good. Uh, there's the strangers now I was speaking of. They're coming up the steps. Uh, I see them. Uh, good afternoon. Howdy. You got some blasting powder here, mister? Why, of course. What we want is blasting powder, fuse, and caps. Yes, I can sell them to you all right. Blast out some trees, are you? <laughs> nope. We're using it to get gold. Oh, you're miners. <laughs> you might call it that. Yeah, it's right over here. I'll get it and... Uh... Blast it, Mr. Wells. More cowboys. It sure sounds like it. Sounds like there's plenty of them. Most noise I've heard yet in town. Well, don't stand there, Marshal. Do something. Stop them. I'm going to. You may need help. I'll go along with you. Father, you were waiting on these men. You can wait on them. Oh, I'm sorry. What was it you wanted? Just stand there. That's all we want. The first move you make, we're liable to shoot you. <gasps> all right, Money. Get going. I forgot about the girl here. That ain't gonna make no difference. Just get the blasting powder ready and we'll blow up that safe. In the town's main street, a band of mounted men were hooping and firing their guns in the manner common to cowboys celebrating their arrival in town. The townspeople, aroused by the shooting, ran to aid the town marshal. Monty wasted no time. They prepared the blasting powder, lit the fuse, then stood back, waiting for the explosion. It'll blow up in just a second, Ralph. You, you crook! Shut up. Watch it. The door's blown clean off. Now to get the cash. You can't get away with this. You just think we can't. Come on, Doc. Curly, I never seen so much gold and silver before. It fell all over the floor. Take it up. We gotta hurry. I don't want to. Get him, Monty. Hey, you. Let go. 
Copyrighted feature of the Lone Ranger Incorporated. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media.
horse with the speed of light, a cloud of dust, and a hearty high of silver, the Lone Ranger. When the West was young, the masked rider of the plains fought crime and criminals throughout the length and breadth of seven states. No man did more to bring law and order to the frontier. Now let us take the trail of adventure to those thrilling days of yesteryear. From out of the past come the thundering hoofbeats of silver. The Lone Ranger rides again. The Lone Silver! We're heading to the wheat coming near Graceville! The greater part of Texas was suited only to raising cattle. But the soil around Graceville was so fertile and well-watered that even those settlers who had started out as ranchers soon turned to farming. Jeff Halstead was one of these. His wheat fields covered over a hundred acres. And as our story opens, his grain is ripe and ready for harvest. Jeff's wife, May, is sitting on the front porch of their home. It is late afternoon, and she watches her husband as he walks slowly toward the house. My Jeff. You look all tuckered out. I've been clear over the south for you today, honey. Here, you take this chair. Uh-huh. Ah, there. That feels right comfortable. I was just thinking, Jeff. Huh? I wouldn't trade this for all the money in the world. Trade what, May? Oh, our house and fields and all. Yeah, we got lots to be thankful for. They ain't many folks can settle down in their old age feeling as well provided for as we are. And with three growed boys out in the world and going great guns. Uh, I can't help wishing sometimes that they was all to home again, just like they used to be. It's the way of life, I reckon. Yes. I get the same hankering sometimes, but they had their places to make in the world. They were such good boys. And still are, by golly. Look at how Luke paid me back that thousand dollars I loaned him so as he could get started in the freighting business. I I sometimes wonder if you did the right thing with that cash, Jeff. You mean I shouldn't have given it to Cephas Cooper? Oh, I wouldn't have minded if they had gone to pay back some of the cash we borrowed from him. <laughs> I did better than that. I do hope so. I used that thousand to get me an option on Cephas land. I I suppose it was all right. You're darned right it was. After harvesting, when I've sold my wheat, I'll pay him the rest of the cash. And next year, we'll have land for three times the grain we're raising now. I know. Just think, May. 
We'll be rich. Have you seen Mr. Cooper yet? No, but I'll get around to it soon. There's the 2500 you owe him. That comes due on the 25th. Shucks, the wheat will all be harvested and hauled to town by the 20th. There's time to spare. You sure you're getting a good price for it? <laughs> Cephas fixed that up himself. He got me a buyer. And so I'll rip down what I'm to be paid. I'm getting top prices. It's funny about Mr. Cooper. Everybody says he's so mean and stingy. He's sure been fine to us. But I still think you ought to write to town soon and put him in mind of his promise. Mm, maybe he'll go tonight. If you do, I want you to take along the letters I wrote to the boy. I'll put them on the stage myself. I told Davy all about how good we was doing. Did you tell him how we was raising wheat just like he is over at Lake City? Mm-hmm. And have a letter for Steve. Just think of him being a Texas Ranger now. And I thanked Luke for the thousand dollars he paid us back. Oh, I reckon the freighting business must be right profitable. And I told them all they was welcome home any time they found a chance to visit. They are that. And by golly may, we'll show them the old folks are still good for something. Before we're done, we'll be making more cash than the three of them put together. Cephas Cooper was the richest, most influential man in Graceville. Even the sheriff did as he directed. The general story ran was a gathering place for the men in town. And among them now, we see the tall figure of the Lone Ranger, disguised and without his mask. How much are those supplies? Now, let me see. There's five pounds of bacon and a couple of pounds of beans. Mr. Don't be bothering me when I'm trying to figure things in my head. Oh, it's you, is it, Hosted? I just want to talk business with you for a couple of minutes. Uh, you in a hurry, stranger? I can wait. How's the wheat coming, Jeff? Fine, just fine. Right for cutting, ain't it? Just about. You come to see me about that cash you owe me, Jeff? Mm, partly. Let's step over here to talk. Come on. Whether it's credit for grub you want, you ain't getting it. <laughs> it ain't nothing like that. Uh, this will do. How are you? Uh, you seen my wheat of late, Cephas? Where did I get the time? You figuring on paying me the cash you borrowed? Well, you know I can't do that till after harvest. Uh, you must be joking, Cephas. Land's sake, you knew the grain would have to be cut and then hauled to town before I could sell it. All right. All right. Don't waste my time, then. The stranger's waiting for me. I come about that promise you made me. You ain't forgot, have you? What promise? <laughs> Darned if you ain't forgotten. Why, don't you recollect when I borrowed the cash for planting and such? You said you might loan me some more to hire men and do the harvesting? I don't recollect no such thing. But see, for... You got a copy of the agreement we read out, ain't you? Why, sure I have. It says you're to pay me $2,500 by the 25th of this month, don't it? I ain't trying to get out of that. And it says if you don't pay me that cash by that day, your house and land and wheat is all mine. I... I don't just say... Maybe when you pay me what you owe, I can lend you some more. But I ain't fool enough to send good cash after that. Then... Then you never intended to let me have the cash for harvesting? I didn't put it in writing, did I? No, but you... If it ain't in writing, it ain't business. You... You planned this all the time. <laughs> well, it ain't my fault if I stand to gain more by foreclosing than by lending you more cash. And you took that other thousand dollars for an option on your land, knowing I'd never have the cash to take it up. <laughs> I ain't saying. You know darn well I can get a good price for my wheat if I can haul it to town. I ought to. It was me fixed up that deal for you. For yourself, you mean... It'll be you that's selling what I worked and slaved to raise. Now, look here. First off, you sold your cattle and went to farming. Then when your cash run out, you come to me for help. You you seemed right willing. I gave you 2500 And you got $1,000 from that boy of yours, Luke. And I sold you the right to my, buy my land for half what it's worth. What in blazes ain't fair about that? Half what it's worth? You did that because you figured I'd never be able to buy it. 
And you could just keep the thousand. That is your lookout. Why, you... Don't you both threaten me, Jeff. I wish I was packing a gun. Don't you raise your hand to me. I'd like to... Boys, come here. Jeff, threaten me. Throw me old fool out. I'll handle Jeff. Throw him right out on the street. You sneaking coyote. Go on. Let me alone. Take your hands off me. You're going outside. You're going front. Don't you interfere, stranger. Leave Jeff alone or you'll have me to deal with. Thank you, stranger. Safe as this boss around here. He's not my boss. Come along, Jeff. Stranger, I'd have given anything to be 20 years younger. I didn't need no help then. We'll get out of here. Wait! You haven't paid me for that grub you bought. I'm not taking it. Don't come back here, Jeff, unless you come with cash to pay me. There ain't much chance of that. And be sure you don't harm nothing around your place. If you do, I'll have the law on you. It's going to be mine by the 25th, and I don't mean to have you trying no tricks. Outside the store, the Lone Ranger left Jeff, and the old man made his way home alone. He told his wife of Cephas Cooper's scheme, and together they decided to pack their few personal belongings, preparing to leave the house that had been their home for so many years. You got all my shirts packed, May? They're in this valise. I got everything else in the buckboard, I guess. Come here, Jeff. What is it, honey? I, I just wanted you close to me. There, there, May. Everything will turn out all right. <laughs> The boys was brought up here, Jeff. I know, I know. Look, there's the chair where David carved his initials with his knife and you spanked him. If them days were only here again, he could carve up the whole house and I'd never say a word. And over there is where Luke always used to sit when he was studying his books. I, I never did see a young'un like him for book learning. And, and it was Steve built them shelves by the window the, the time you was laid up with a sprained back and... Couldn't get around the house. Mm, I recollect it just as plain as if it was yesterday. You, you don't suppose Davy will mind putting up with us, do you, Jeff? Well, of course he won't. Uh, we we can't turn to Steve. The Texas Rangers just live as in barracks. Mm-hmm. And Luke's not married. He's with his wagons most of the time. Chuck's Davy will be glad to see us. I, I'd rather almost anybody but Mister Cooper got this place. May, I was just a doddering old fool, a dang idiot to think I could make a go of raising wheat. And when I think of letting Cephas talk me into giving him Luke's thousand for that option, it makes me so doggone mad I could go back to town and fight Cephas and all his sneaking friends single-handed. Jeff, Jeff. Oh, there, I... I reckon I've been a mighty poor sort of a husband to you, honey. Now, don't you be blaming yourself, Jeff. If there was only something I could do. You've got to promise me you won't stop in town to make trouble. You know as well as I do that there ain't a man there won't do Mr. Cooper's bidding. Uh, you wouldn't have a chance to get him. I, I reckon we'd better get going. We can send back for anything we've left behind that's ours. Yes. Here, I'll carry the valise. You go on ahead. We'll make out, Jeff. We'll be happy again. Sure we will, honey. Uh, let's hurry, Jeff. I I can't stand to say goodbye to the house. I'll put the valise in the back of the buckboard. Uh-huh. There. Now give me your hands, May, and I'll help you up. Oh, oh it... Yeah. It ain't easy for me to get around as it used to be. I'll be right with you. Now, don't look back, honey. We'll ride out of here just as though it didn't matter at all. Get up. Get along with you, Ned. Will it take long to get to Davy's Jeff? A couple of days, I reckon. Get along there. We'll make it as fast as we can. Jeff, look. There's somebody riding from town already. Mr. Cooper ain't got the right to send a man here to the 25th. Say, I've seen that white horse before. Oh, Jeff! He's calling to you. What in blazes? 
Whoa, whoa there, whoa there. Yeah, I want to talk to you. Oh, Silver Old Fellow, no more. You're mad. Don't you remember me, Jeff? I don't know. I, I've seen that horse before. And there's something about your voice that... We met in Cooper's store yesterday. Say, you're the fellow that helped me when them no-good friends of Cephas were aiming to throw me out. Don't leave your home, Jeff. We ain't no choice, stranger. It's more than a week until the 25th. Well, we, we talked that out. And we figured it'd just make it worse staying on till the last minute. Will you go back if I promise you'll not lose your land? Huh? Go back. Stay there until you hear from me again. But what can you do? It don't seem like... Jeff, if the stranger was a friend to you once, maybe we ought to listen to what he says. You'll not be sorry, Jeff. You... You think I got a chance to keep Cephas from getting our home? A good one. Then by golly, we'll do what you say. But how Turn can back you... right now. You'll see me again before the 25th. Jeff, Jeff, we ain't got nothing to lose. I'll kill And everything's again. I don't know what he's got in mind. And I don't see how he can keep Cephas from collecting. But honey, we're doing like the masked man says. Get around there, Ned. Get around. Now go on. Get out. Go on, boy. <laughs> The curtain falls on the first act of our thrilling Lone Ranger drama. Before the next exciting scenes, please permit us to pause for just a few moments. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. Now to continue the story. Jeff Halstead turned from ranching to farming, planting his land with wheat. He borrowed money from Cephas Cooper and gave his property as security. But when he asked Cephas to make good a verbal promise of another loan to pay for harvesting, Cephas refused. Jeff and his wife May, believing they would lose their home, made ready to leave and join one of their three sons. The Lone Ranger, however, persuaded them to return and stay on their property until the loan came due. As our second act opens, we see the masked man reigning in his great horse, Silver, at the small camp he shares with his faithful Indian companion, Tonto. Oh, 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 I just talked to Jeff. Uh-huh. They were leaving their home, but I convinced them to turn back. Mm, that good thing. Were you able to get the information I wanted, Kimosabe? Tonto, get him. Where are Jeff's three boys? Dave, him Lake City. He's the one who took up wheat farming. Ah. Luke, him Bakertown. Good. Steve, him Sandy Ford. That's where the Texas Rangers have their barracks. That's right. Lake City, Bakertown, Sandy Ford. All of them are a long way off. Mm, them plenty far. And I have to make the trip. Silver take you all right. If it weren't for Silver, it would be impossible to get there in time. How to ride, too? No, Tonto. I'll make this trip alone. I want you to stay here and see that Cephas doesn't harm Jeff and his wife before I get back. Oh, uh, Tonto, do that. Steady, Silver. Are you going now? I can't stop the rest. There isn't a day to spare. Tonto, wait. Come on, Silver! Cephas Cooper had been told that Jeff and his wife were preparing to leave their home before the 25th. But when he learned that they had returned, his curiosity was aroused. 
And with one of his men, he rode out to the Holstead place. Uh, wonder what that fool Jeff is up to. It ain't gonna do him no good to stay on. You're blame right, it ain't. Signed that paper, giving me his place if he didn't pay me by the 25th. And he can't do it. Yeah. I seen to it nobody'd work for him for nothing. You took care of that all right. There ain't a fellow around here with a nerve to go again me. When I tell him what to do, he do it. It's the worst for them. Well, Jeff's sitting on his steps. I'll get to the bottom of this. Who, who, who? Who asked you to come out here, Sebus? This is my place. <laughs> not yet, it ain't. Uh, it will be soon enough. Well, it won't make no difference. Maybe so, and maybe not. You started to leave once, didn't you? And what if it did? What I want to know is why'd you come back? You're up to something, and by thunder, I aim to get to the bottom of it. You wouldn't believe why I stayed on, even if I told you. Yeah. He's just bluffing, Cephas. Well, he ain't fooling me none. I'm here because of a masked man. Huh? Yep, that's right. He told me to stay on, and I'm doing like he said. A masked fella? Mm-hmm. What's an outlaw to do with you? I don't know. Are you loco? I don't know that either. Now, you look here. I reckon I taught you once that I ain't a fella to fool with. And I ain't putting up with this here silly shallion. If you're joking with me, I don't care none for jokes. Safe as I'll give you the straight of it. All I'm doing is waiting for the masked man to come back. What he can do for me, I don't know. But I'll tell you this. If I had anything left in the world to bet, I'd bet the last penny of it that he'll help me out of the fix I'm in. Ah, you always was a trusting idiot. It don't hurt to trust folks. The thing is to trust the right ones. I see it now. You're going to try a trick to spoil a wheat so I won't get the good of it. You can think what you want. If you do, I'll have you jailed. This is your place after the 25th if I don't pay you, isn't it? It is. But up to then, it's mine. Ain't that so? Well, I... I'm giving orders. You get out of here and stay out. I'm sorry I ever met you. But sure as sin, I don't have to see any more of you than I want. And that's none at all. Why? Do you hear me? I'm going. And if I catch you on my property again before it's yours, I'll fill your hide with buckshot. Jeff's feeling right violent, Cephas. He's up to something. I can feel it in my bones. I got the same hunch. But it's not going to do him no good. Steady there. I'm going to have some of the boys keep an eye on him. That's a good idea. And if I can catch him doing something that ain't legal, I'll make him sorry for it if it's the last thing I do. In the meantime, the Lone Ranger was racing across country. He headed first for Lake City, where Dave Holstead, Jeff's son, had a large wheat ranch outside town. Dave! Dave Holstead! That's me. Oh, oh Silver, old fellow. Oh, boy. Mask, man. Never mind that. Your parents are in trouble. What's that? They're in danger of losing everything they own. Wait, listen. You listen to me. I want your help. Stranger, you say Cephas done that to Paul? He did, Luke. Why, that cheap, no skin flint? Will you do as I ask? Do it. Say, stranger, there ain't men enough in Texas to stop me. Good. Go on, Silver, old fellow. Wait, these things I want to ask you. There's no time to waste. Hi, old Silver! Come on, Silver! Stand before the next stop! Please stay and head back again for Graceville. I'll see you later.
days passed, but Jeff and his wife received no further word from the Lone Ranger. The hopes he'd built up faded, and as we find them now in the living room of their home, they are resigned to failure. May, I'd have to start harvesting that wheat today if I was to get it to town in time to pay Cephas. Uh, I reckon the masked man tried his best, but there wasn't nothing nobody could do. I tried myself. I went into town and asked some of the fellows if they wouldn't work for nothing till after harvest when I could pay them. Yes? But that crook Cephas has got him so scared, there wasn't one of them willing. I didn't hardly hope that. So I guess we'll have to go to Davy after all. Yes. Those men, who are they? Huh? By golly, if Cephas sent fellas to run me off, I'll... All right, all right. I'm coming. Howdy, Pa. Davy! Ma, Ma, it's Davy. Davy, my boy, you've come to visit us. Visit nothing. I come home to work. Where's that wheat needs cutting, Pa? Ain't no use, Davy. A dozen men couldn't get it cut in time to get to town. A dozen? Who said anything about a dozen? I got 40 men here and raring to go to work. Oh, Davy, Davy, I can't believe but it. we ain't tools enough. We brought our own tools. We'll show you how to harvest a crop. Ain't that so, men? I'm all the tremble, Davy. It sure is good to see you. I... Oh, gosh. Now, just forget about your worries. You and Ma sit here. The boys will take care of the work. Come on, fellas. Let's dig in. <laughs> And well into the next, Dave and his men worked furiously. The smell of fresh cut wheat was fragrant in the air, and great loads of grain were ready to be hauled into town. As the second afternoon wore on, Dave looked up to see his father running toward him. Davey, stop! Tell them fellas to stop working. It ain't no use. What's that, Paul? I just happened to think. We ain't got the wagons to haul the grain to town. Can't you get none? Steve has seen to that. He give everybody in the county orders not to help me. Blast it. Why didn't the masked fella tell me we need wagons? I don't know. But you better not waste your time no more. It was good of you, Davy. And your ma and me sure appreciate what you've done, but Did I... Did you say you needed wagons? I just now told you. Then look what's coming. Why, bless my soul. There's Luke's wagon. And there's Luke himself. Luke! Luke! You're all right. You're just in time. What are you standing there for, Dave? Get back to work. My father's wanting we to load up in them wagons. And you just missed you. Get it. Get the mask, He sent me, Paul. I, I never thought when I set you up in the freight business that the day had come when your wagons could do me a turn like this. I'll start my boys to loading, Paul. Hold on there, Jeff. Hold on. See us. I've been watching everything that's happened. But you... And you ain't going to move that wheat. Who says I can't? I says it. You're not moving this wheat till you pay me what you owe. There ain't nothing in the agreement says that. All I got to do is pay you by the 25th. That don't mean nothing to me. This wheat's as good as mine. You ain't going to keep me from having it. Your scheming fell through, Cephas. Yeah? Well, I got the sheriff, his deputies, and all the men from town to see that no wheat's moved. The, the sheriff? He, just like everybody else around here, he takes his orders from me. And I give him orders to shoot the first fellow to drive out of here with a wagon. Paul, every one of our fellas is covered by a fellow from town. And every townsman is covered by a Texas ranger. Paul, look, Steve's brought the rangers. Go on, Cephas. It's Steve. It's my boy, Steve. The masked man here brought me, Paul. He figured there might be trouble. I've been tricked. You can't get away with this. I ain't standing for it. You have no choice, Cephas. Stranger. I don't know how to thank you. You brought my boys together again. You brought them here just when it was needed most. Jeff, will you be able to sell your grain in time to pay, Cephas? I sure will. Blast you. Come from you. <laughs> Say, what are you laughing about, you? You. Cephas, 
I was remembering how you talked me into giving you that thousand dollars for an auction on your land. You were so blamed anxious to get the cash. You offered the land for far less than it was worth. But I ain't taking it. I... And now I'll be able to get your land, too. There ain't no way you can stop me. Yeah. No. You wouldn't do that, would you? It was all put down in writing. And like you said, if it's in writing, it's business. <laughs> and from now on, I'm a businessman. <laughs> just heard is a copyrighted feature of the Lone Ranger Incorporated. Get this and previous episodes of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater wherever you get podcasts or by visiting phoenixmedia.us forward slash Silver Age Heroes. Join us again, same bat time, same bat station, for another presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. Excelsior! Thank you for tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. I'm your host, Christian Phoenix. Now, growing up as a comic book fan of the 80s and 90s, I've always been fascinated with how storytellers translated these iconic heroes from the page to film, television, and radio. Long before we got the big-budget CGI epics we enjoy today, children gathered around their radios to hear their favorite do-gooders come to life with little more than their imaginations and these broadcasts from a time long forgotten. I invite you to gather around your radio for this presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater.
fiery horse with a speed of light, a cloud of dust, and a hearty high silver, the Lone Ranger. United States was first opened to settlers, the gun law ruled the cattle country. It was then that the phantom figure of the plains rode in the cause of justice. It was he who led the fight for law and order, and the stories of his adventures have come down to us through the generations. Return with us once more to those thrilling days when the West was young. From out of the past come the thundering hoofbeats of silver. The Lone Ranger rides again. Come on, silver! Those waiting for us on the trail ahead! As our story opens, we find the Lone Ranger and his faithful Indian companion, Tonto, heading south toward the Rio Grande. They have spent the day in the saddle, and now, with night upon them, are looking for a place to buy feed for their horses and provisions for themselves. We hear Tonto speaking. There, light. It must be a ranch house, Kimosabe. Maybe we get grub there, huh? We'll try. Are you hungry, silver old fellow? <laughs> him say him plenty hungry. And I can't blame him. Here's the lane leading to the house, Tonto. Come, Silver. Uh, we maybe get grub quick now. You'd better speak to the people inside, Kimosabe. My mask might frighten them. Tonto, do that. I'll run up here and wait. What that? Who's over here? Oh, my God. I'll just graze my saddle. You get out of here, Tim Baker. Oh, oh, it's a mess here. What's the trouble? I thought you were someone else. Please forgive me. Wait! That woman mistook us for someone else, Tonto. Come on, Silver. Get up, white fellow. We let them think we're leaving. Uh-huh. But we'll circle around and come back again. Why do that? She sounded as though she feared this man she called Steve Drago. Mm, that's right. That was a Taylor place, wasn't it? Uh-huh. And she was being Mrs. Taylor. Oh, 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 oh. They can't hear us at this distance. We'll go back now. We know. Make noise. We'll be careful. Come on, Silver. Get him up, white fellow. I want to find out why she fears Drago. Huh. 
She must have been expecting him, or she wouldn't have been waiting outside the fire when he arrived. Her plenty brave. It was a brave thing for a woman to do. But she must be desperate to attempt it. That's what Tonto thinks. We don't want to get too close to the house this time. Maybe her outside again. I don't think so. He probably wouldn't have the courage to try the same thing a second time. Uh, this is close enough. Oh, 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 my, oh my. No one will be able to see the horses if we leave them here. No. Trees hide them. Stay here, Silver. Come, Tonto. Mm, he comes. There's an open window. Mm. Tonto, see inside. Keep your voice down, Kimasabe. Mm. That would be your husband, would it? Not him. Quiet. Perhaps we'll hear enough to learn what the trouble is. Ruth, you shouldn't have done it. If if that had been Steve Drago, it had only made things worse. I, I'd like to kill him. Well, anyhow, you sure scared them other fellows away. I wish you'd do the same to Steve. We ain't strong enough to fight him, honey. If you're a man, you will leave. But how? He's got a whole bunkhouse full of cow hens. The last fellow I had working for me drawed his pay yesterday. You can't fight against odds like that. No? Steve grabbed off the water hole and left men to guard it so as I couldn't water my stock. What cows I got that ain't been run over the edge of the canyon are dying of thirst. I oh, well, men, I'd fight no matter what the odds. I'd never give up. I can't call in the sheriff because there ain't no witnesses to what they done. <laughs> witnesses? And this is all open range. So I can't claim he's took what belonged to me. None of us ranchers hold title to any land but what our houses are built on. This isn't something for the law to settle. I know it, honey. And, and I reckon I'm a mighty poor excuse for a husband. But it's just something that's in my blood that I, I can't help. Lee, it isn't true. You just told yourself that so often. You, you've made yourself believe it. But, Paula... And you think that because your father was a, a coward, you are too. I've heard folks talk about the way Pa died. He... He just stood there and let them shoot him down. He was too scared even to go for his gun. You don't know whether that's true or not. That was over in Wyoming. But the story got back. But, please... And his Pa was the same way. It... It's just something that runs in the family, I guess. Oh, honey, listen to me. I know you better than anyone else in the world. I know you're brave and strong and fine. I know that you're as capable as any other man on the range. It's only that you don't believe in yourself. Oh, Lee, believe what I tell you, not the stories you hear from other people. It's the only way you can keep from losing your home, your self-respect, and... and me. I'll try, Ruth. When Steve Drago comes here tonight, you just tell him... That sounds like him now. Now, remember what I've told you. Come in. Evening, folks. Me and Buck here dropped over just like I said we would. <laughs> Howdy. And I guess there ain't no question about what I'm here for. You, you skunk. Now, ma'am, there ain't no call for names like that. Well, Lee, what do you say? I, I ain't moving out. Huh? You heard me. <laughs> well, well, if the rabbit ain't showing some fight. <laughs> you look here, Lee Taylor. When I tell you to move off this range, I mean business. But I tell you. You hear me? I won't move out. You you ain't got no right to try and steal my range. I'm staying here. Yeah? Should I let him have it, boss? <laughs> no. I reckon I can handle this fellow all right. Get away from me. Get your hands off him. Sit down. <laughs> You rotten... Now, sit there and listen. I'm giving you orders. You're going to be moved out of here by tomorrow noon or I'm gun-whipping you. 
And when I say noon, I don't mean even one minute after. Lee, get up. I'll show you. Get up and I tell you to sit, will you? There. You knocked me down. Fight him, Lee. Fight him. There's two of them. One. <laughs> I reckon you won't be doing no fighting. Come on, Buck. Let's be riding. Yeah. And maybe you'd better start packing right now, Lee. I won't. Yeah? You won't what? Uh, I'll start packing. <laughs> <laughs> What is it, Ruth? I, I'm leaving you. Claire, I don't blame you, honey. I love you, Lee. And I still have faith in you. Even now. Faith? In me? But I can't live with a man I don't respect. I, I said I'm not blaming you. I'll, I'll be waiting for you always. Waiting for you. For you to prove yourself. Oh! <laughs> few belongings stowed away in the buckboard, Lee Taylor and Ruth left the ranch house behind them and drove to town. They rode in silence until finally Lee spoke. You, you still figuring on going back to your folks, Ruth? Uh, I have to, Lee. Uh-huh. But I'll be there until you want me. I reckon you just better forget all about me, honey. I ain't worth thinking about. I know better than that. I'll be stopping off in town. Yeah? Get along there. Get up. I'll drop into the cafe and see if maybe I can't find me a job wrangling for some outfit. Uh, I hope you do well. Uh-huh. Thanks. Thanks. And you let me know wherever you go. Sure, well, honey. There's the cafe now. Yeah. I'll just pull up in front and leave you the buckboard. I, I don't just hanker to go out and meet your folks. All right. Here we are. Oh, there. Oh, oh boy. There. Here's the reins, honey. I... I'll be getting off. Oh, me, honey. Uh, everything's going to be all right, Ruth. Goodbye. Goodbye, Lee. Get up there. Get up. I guess there ain't nothing lower than me anywhere. And there goes the finest wife a man ever had. Well, if it ain't Lee Taylor come to town. Howdy. Having a drink? I don't reckon I will. Look here, Barkeep. You don't know any outfit that's needing a top hand, do you? You looking for work? Man's got to eat. Well, Lee... I've always liked you, but... Yeah? Oh, doggone it. I reckon you savvy without my telling you why it ain't going to be easy for you to find a job around here. So everybody knows about me and Steve Drago, huh? Well, there's been a heap of talk. Sure. Sure, I know. I'm a coward. I'm a yellow rat. I've got no more backbone than a paw had before me. I ain't fit to eat at the same table with real men or share the same bunkhouse. I... Now, take it easy. I won't take it easy. I'm sick of the whole thing. 
I wish I'd never well, been. Well, I see you moved out today like the boss told you to. You looking for trouble? I ought to shoot you and Steve and your whole crooked bunch. You take my advice and you clear out of this country. Yeah? Before me or one of the boys loses our tempers and takes you over his knee and spanks you. <laughs> Cut out that kind of talk, Buck. He can't do his own fight, Lee. He's got to have you stick up for him. I've heard what you've been saying, Buck. And I'm here to tell you there ain't going to be no brawling in town while I'm sheriff. This ain't no fight, Sheriff. Lee here is too yelling. I... I reckon I'll be running along, fellas. Hey, that? Hey, who's that fellow just came in? He's mad. An outlaw. I'm not an outlaw. Put up your hands. No, you won't. Look at that brawl. Like chain lightning. You can't arrest me, sir, for wearing a mask. But I'll leave. Huh? I came here for you. What's that for me? I want to talk to you. Put down them guns. I'm the law here. Me and I are leaving. What do you want me for? What do you... Come along. Let go of my arm. Hey, wait. Why are you taking me? You'll see him again soon enough. I don't have to go with you. I... Out that door. What's the idea? I'm going to help you. You can't help me. Nobody can. Get in that saddle. The curtain falls on the first act of our thrilling Lone Ranger drama. Before the next exciting scene, please permit us to pause for just a few moments. Behold my precious. Ooh, yeah, we do something right here, uh huh? It's the Loot Crate subscription box, yeah, full of exclusive loot, fun surprises, and deliver to your door every month. Just pick up your favorite geeky genre, Daddy. <laughs> From the original Loot Crate, the Loot Crate DX collectible boxes, dude, Calabunga, to the Loot Gaming video game box. Woohoo! Browsers! With crates starting as large as $11.99 per month, those are backs just about for all collectors. To get your geek on, head over to phoenixmedia.us forward slash loot crate and claim your exclusive offer. That's F-E-N-I-X media.us forward slash loot crate. Great Scott! Snap into a loot crate, it. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. Now to continue the story. Steve Drago, a powerful and ruthless rancher, drove some of Lee Taylor's cattle from the range, refused to let the others use the only water hole in the district, and finally ordered Taylor to leave the country. Lee, in spite of the urging of his wife, gave in to Steve, believing himself a coward because his father had been branded a coward. The Lone Ranger learned of the situation and at the point of his gun, Forced Lee to accompany him. Now, as our second act opens, we see the masked man reining in his great horse, Silver, at the small, well hidden camp where Tonto has been waiting. Get down, Lee. What do you want with me? I ain't got nothing worth the stealing. You're going to listen to something I have to tell you. You're at the best of me. Sit down over there. First, I want to ask you what you know about your father's death. So, you've heard about that, too. Perhaps. Well, if you have, 
Maybe you're sad at what's been the matter with me. Tell me about your father. There ain't much to tell. And what there is ain't the kind of thing a fellow can take much pride in. Yes? Paul left these parts when I was still just a young one. He went up to Wyoming, figuring that maybe he could find good range up there so as we could move. I've heard that. He met up with some fellow, and they planned to go into partnership. But they fell out over some cash being stole. This other hombre went gunning for Paul, and, and then... Go on. And then folks say Paul was so scared that he couldn't even go for his gun when this other fellow and his friends caught up with him. And you've let this story frighten you all these years. Like father, like son, I reckon. I suppose the first time you ran into trouble, you were scared. It's just in my blood. Don't you realize that anyone can be frightened? That doesn't mean he's a coward if he fights in spite of it. But instead, you told yourself that you must be a coward because you believed your father to be one. Well, there, there wasn't anything else I could think. And you've always believed what people told you of that shooting in Wyoming? Well, but why shouldn't I? Listen to me. I have a story to tell you. It's about a man who, like your father, went to Wyoming. Yeah? He went there looking for good rangeland, but the country there is rough and dangerous. And then one day, as he was riding alone along the canyon trail... This trail was like it never come this way. Careful, old fella. What's that? The trail's sliding away. Something started a landslide just as he rode along that treacherous path. But instead of being plunged to the bottom of the canyon, which would have met his death, he was saved by a small scrub tree a third of the way down. He hung on. He couldn't climb back. And if he loosened his hold, he'd be dashed against the rocks hundreds of feet below. Finally, however, he managed to get his gun from its holster and fire three signal shots. Uh, if I don't bring somebody, I'm done for. The rooster, pull it out. I'll be falling in just a minute. I can't hold on. Hold there. Yes, help me. Hang on there, friend. I'll take you over. Only a second. Hurry. Hurry, I'm a goner. Hurry. Hurry up. Hurry, please. <laughs> The second man, with only his rope and horse to assist him, struggled to save the life of the man clinging to that weak support. With the trail still crumbling, the lives of both men were threatened. But finally, the work was done. And Jim was back on firm ground once more. Jim? We'll call him that in the story. But, but that was my pa's name. Was it? Go ahead. Tell me the rest. Well, Jim and young Fletcher became firm friends. Jim owed his life to the younger man. And Fletcher, in turn, introduced Jim to his father. They talked of ranching and decided to go into a partnership. That was my father. Wait. But young Fletcher liked to gamble. He soon owed more money than he could pay. He knew where his father's strong box was kept. And then one night, when he thought everyone was asleep... There. A thousand dollars in folded money. That'll pay what I own it. Keep me. What are you doing? Huh? You're, you're stealing. I got to have it. I got to. Don't tell my pa. If this ain't paid, them gamblers will kill me. Look here, I saved your life. You can't let pa know about this. You can't. And, and then what did pa, Jim, I mean, do? What could he do? He couldn't tell the father of the man who had saved his life that his son was a thief. 
He couldn't make the boy put the money back and be killed by those gamblers. And he didn't have the money himself to help. Yeah? He had only one choice. When the boy had gone, Jim wrote a note. Said that he had to leave in a hurry. Then saddled and rode off. But what did he do that for? He knew he'd be suspected of theft instead of the boy. He hoped to make his escape so that it wouldn't matter. But old Fletcher, believing Jim had used his hospitality to steal from him, pursued him at once. And the trail led to a lonely mountain cabin. You must be there, boys. I'll get him. I'll get the sneak myself. You fellas stay here. Stand where you are. I've been looking for you to catch me. Where's the money you stole? I ain't got it. You're lying. Maybe I am. Maybe I ain't. But that's all I got to say. Killing's too good for you. You come to my house, pretend like you're a friend. Then we're off with my cash. That ain't true. Well, I'm not arguing with you. And I'm giving you an even chance. Go for your gun. I, I won't shoot you. Go for your gun, I say. No. Well, I gave you your warning. I can't do more than that. I'm counting three. And if you don't draw by then, I'm shooting anyhow. One. Why wouldn't he shoot? His life had once been saved by young Fletcher. But I still Jim wouldn't fire upon the father of the man who had risked his own life to save his. Then, then that's why my father didn't draw. It wasn't because it was yellow at all. Do you still believe cowardice is in your blood? Look here, stranger. My paw was braver than if he'd fought it out. And what are you going to do? I'll show you. Where's your horse? Here, Silver. You're taking me back to my ranch. Cowardice. Uh-huh. We're leaving. But you do as we plan. How to do it. What Parker do, I can do. And I'll show Steve Drago that he ain't got men enough to take from me what's mine. Good. Come on, Silver. across country to Taylor's place. It was almost evening when they arrived, but the gathering darkness did not conceal their arrival from Buck, who had been stationed nearby to warn Steve Drago if Lee should come back. We see Buck now as he draws up before Steve's ranch house. Oh, there. Oh, oh, oh. Stand there, Blackie. Boss! What's the matter, Buck? Lee's come back. Back to his ranch? Just now. He rode up with a masked fella. Why, then? But where are you going? I'm going to teach that young fool a lesson. But wait for me. I'm riding ahead alone. I don't need no help to handle that hombre. But look here, I... You'll get the other fellows together and ride after. And if there's anything left of them when I get done, you fellas can finish up. <laughs> Stop outside. A moment later, heavy steps crossed his porch. And then, there was a loud knock on the door. Walk right in. You blasted, sniveling fool. The next time I give you orders, you'll know not to follow him. 
I'm not taking your orders no more. Huh? I'm getting back to my range. I'm stocking more cattle. And there's something else I'm going to do. Yeah? I'm going to knock your block off. Why, you... Come on, get it. I'll show you. Here's one to begin with. I'll break you in two for that. And here's another for you. Put on that chair. Take that. (laughs) You missed. If that's the way you're fighting, here's something for you. You'll give me orders, will you? No. No. And this ought to finish you off. Get away. Leave me be. What happened? Kill him. Shoot him. I'll take care of him. Oh, my hand. Up with your hands, all of you. You can come in now, Sheriff. Me? I saw it all. Oh, yes. <laughs> Honest, honey, I, I never felt better in my life. Steve, you and your whole bunch are going to jail. You can't jail us. You just think I can. I heard you tell Buck to kill me. If the masked fellow hadn't shot first, he'd have done it. Ruth, honey, it was the masked fellow showed me I didn't need to be no coward. I know, Lee. The engine told me when he brought the sheriff in me here. Come, Tonto. Uh, we'll leave while they're not watching us. Mm, that's a good thing. <laughs> that is over, old fellow. <laughs> you, you tell plenty, plenty good story. <laughs> it did the work, him, Osabe. <laughs> um, but him not know that not him father. I didn't tell Lee that story was about his father, but he thought it was... As long as he believes it, he'll keep his courage. Uh, Come on, Silver. just heard is a copyrighted feature of the Lone Ranger Incorporated. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater presented by Phoenix Media.
fiery horse with the speed of light, a cloud of dust, and a hearty high of silver, the Lone Ranger. gathered around the campfire in the days when the West was young, stories were told of the masked rider of the plains. Astride his great horse silver, he fought crime and criminals throughout the western United States, and no man did more to bring law and order to a lawless frontier. Now from out of the past come the thundering hoofbeats of silver. The Lone Ranger rides again. Night is falling on the trails of Jackson City. The Lone Ranger and Tonto have been riding for the greater part of the day and are now preparing to make camp. There. Good way. Yes, Tonto. I think it'll do. We make camp early. We get up early. We're both tired from our trip. Oh, we get good rest. This is fine here. Oh, oh, Tonto. Oh, fine, Tonto. We can find plenty of wood around here for our fire. Uh, that's that right. Well, it looks as though others thought this was a good camping place. Oh, there are plenty of track here. You can see where they built their fire. Doesn't look as though they could have been gone long. Maybe four, five hours. How many men would you say were here, Kimasabi? Mm, five, six. Probably cowboys who stopped to cook a meal. Look, look there. Cigarette stuff. Oh, and loco weed. Loco weed? Huh? That's dangerous stuff to smoke. I've seen it turn men into killers. Oh, many bad fellows use them. Perhaps those men weren't cowboys after all. Until not know. Did you hear that horse came up? Huh? Silver hear him too. I wonder who's riding here. Maybe more fellow may camp here. I'd rather not answer questions about this mask. Oh, come this way, all right. There he is. And he hasn't a rider, Kimasabi. Uh, here, old fellow. Look, he answered all right. There you are, boy. Oh, he wants to go back. He acts as though he's trying to tell us something. 
What's the matter, old fellow? That's strange. I think he wants us to go with him. Comes out of we home? Yes. We'll get a horses and see if he leads us anywhere. That's good idea. Steady, Silver. Yeah. Him in plenty big hurry. All right, old fellow. We'll follow along. Come on, Silver. Come on, my fellow. He's taking us through that woods. Ah. Did you see anything wrong, Kimosabe? What? What's that there? There's something on the ground. Looks as though it might be a man. Ah. Come on, Silver. Here we are. Oh, Silver. Oh, oh fella. Oh, I... oh, oh. This man is dead. Huh? Me, me take a look. The young fellow, too. Uh-huh. Him. Him get shot through back. Shot in the back. Uh, him die quick. Can you tell how long he's been dead, Tyler? Maybe three, four hours. Three or four hours? Uh. At the same time you thought those men left the place, we stopped the camp. Mm. There. Their track. Hoofprints. Must have been at least five or six horses here. Isn't that right? They're going horse, following trail. This man was probably a member of the gang. I wonder if there's anything to identify him with. There, watch. Let me see it. Ah, there. Here, watch. Thanks. There's a picture in the back. Dan Kent. That must be this man's name. Huh? I want to go through his pockets. There may be something to show where his home was or who his folks were. You take a look. Well, there's nothing in this pocket. Wait. The letter is something in the shirt pocket. Maybe that tells you. I have it. I think we're justified in reading this letter under the circumstances, Tutter. Uh, what did it say? One moment. Seems to be from his mother. She can't read or write. No? How you know that? She says here that her foreman is writing the letter for her. Oh. What more it say? Nothing of importance, Tutter. Just news about herself. Hopes for her son's happiness. Nothing that explains his death. Uh, that heap bad. She seems to have thought he was leading an honest life. Him get shot by bad feller. Why do you say that, Kimasabi? Him shot in back. Good feller not do that. You're right. What we do now? I think we'll investigate this further. Perhaps we'll be able to find the murderers and learn why Dan was killed. Ah. Here, Silver. We'll examine these tracks, Tata. We may be able to recognize them again. I do know them. Yep. Maybe I can follow these tracks, but I'll have to hurry. It's get dark. Plenty quick now. Yes. You stay here and take care of Dan's body. Tonto, do that. Come on, Silver. Jackson City was a typical western town. It boasted little more than a main street, a group of weather-beaten homes, a cafe, jail, and a stagecoach office. Red Murphy was the manager of the coach line. We see him now at his desk. The door of the office opens, and a little old lady enters. Why, howdy, Miss Kent. Hello, Mr. Murphy. I just come to see about the stage. You sit right down. It ain't often I get to see you anymore. Oh, oh you needn't give me your chair. Well, thank you. So, I reckon I'm getting to the age where a body don't care much about standing on their feet no more than they have to. You weren't aiming to go no place in the stage, was you? <laughs> my, no. Traveling ain't for such as me. I just come to see if a package come from my boy. Which one, Miss Kent? 
Pete, don't frisk away or Dan that you say is mining over in Colorado. This package was to come from Pete, Mr. Murphy. I recollect you were getting a letter from Pete the other day. That's how come I'm here. He written his letter that there'd be a package of cash for me on the next stage. Of cash? Mm-hmm. $600. Pete's sending you all that? He's a mighty fine boy, Pete is. He's sending it because he heard I'm liable to lose my place if I can't get tax money together. By golly, Pete must be doing darn well for himself. Oh, he always was smart, even when he was a young'un. Yeah, I can remember him. It was Dan that was the wild one, weren't he? No, there weren't nothing wrong with Dan. Maybe he was a mite reckless about choosing his friends. And he was one to have a good time when there was a chance for it. But he settled down now, all right. Well, I'm glad to hear it. But uh, ain't there no package, Mr. Murphy? Sure, she needn't go to worrying, Miss Kent. The stage just ain't come in yet. Oh. You see, there's been a heap of trouble on the trail lately. There's been landslides, and the bridge went out over to Willow Creek, and all kinds of things. The stage ain't come in on time for the past week. But, uh, but have you any notion when it'll be here? I'm downright sorry, but I can't say as to that, neither. Maybe it won't show up for tomorrow sometime. Oh, then I don't reckon there's much use in my waiting any longer. You ain't riding back to your place, are you? It's a mighty long ride for a body like me, but I might just as well. Now, why don't you stay over at my place? The missus would be glad to put you up. No, I think I'd better be getting back. Well, suit yourself, Miss Kent. You'll look out for my package, won't you? I sure will. Thank you. And if I don't get in for it tomorrow, you hold it till I do. I'll watch it like it was my own. Goodbye, ma'am. Good day. There goes one of the finest old ladies I've ever seen. She did a beginner, but she's got more spunk than a dozen men. Red Murphy. Huh? Golly, where'd you come from? Came in the back door. You're masked. There ain't nothing here for you to take. Honest, there ain't. I'm I not can... a thief. I'm here to ask you some questions. Is that all you want? It is. Was that old lady who just left here, Mrs. Kent? Uh, yeah, that, that was her. And I thought it was. I went to her home and found she'd come here. You ain't planning to harm her, now, now you stranger. You, you wouldn't do that, would you? She ain't got nothing for you to steal. She has a son named Den? Yes, but I... Does she know where he is? What business is that of yours, mister? I ain't... Answer me. Well, I... I reckon she does. She sent him a letter by my stage up Denver way once. That was quite a spell ago. He's supposed to be mining. Yes, I saw that letter. Mister, don't do nothing to hurt Miss Kent. She's old and feeble. You like her? Well, I should say I do. They don't come no finer. What would you do to keep her from being harmed? Why, I'm just like the other folks around here that knows her. I'd do most anything. Red, her son Dan is dead. Dead, you say? Yes, and the men who killed him are right here in this district. How come you know that? Red, I want to know this. Does Mrs. Kent own anything of value? Anything that outlaws would want to steal? There's nothing that I know of. Are you sure? I ought to be sure. Even the cattle she owns ain't worth the stealing. I told you she ain't got nothing. What's that? By golly, it must be the stage. Tragic Miss Kent just missed it. She was looking for the stage? I ain't got the time to talk to you now, stranger. I got to see to the stage. But you stay on. There's things I want to ask you. I'll wait for you. You go on with the unloading, then unhitch the horses. I'd be out to help you. Sure, Ed. Oh, golly, I forgot you were still here. What's in that package for Mrs. Kent? I, uh, I don't know. Don't lie to me, Red. But it I... It may t- be important. Well, I'll tell you what it is. 
It's cash, that's what. And stranger, the fellow that tries to take it away from me is going to get shot full of lead. That's exactly what I wanted to know. I'll leave the way I came in. But hold on. I wonder where he's going. I shouldn't have never left his back door open. Hey, wait. Called his horse Silver. And I was wondering if he was straight or not. <laughs> well, I should smile. The curtain falls on the first act of our thrilling Lone Ranger drama. Before the next exciting scenes, please permit us to pause for just a few moments. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. Now to continue the story. The Lone Ranger and Tonto, stopping to make camp near Jackson City, were met by a riderless horse that led them to the body of Dan Kent, who had been shot in the back. The masked man and his companion followed the tracks of the killers to the Kent Ranch. Then the Lone Ranger rode to town where he learned that a package of money had just arrived from Mrs. Kent by the stage. As our second act opens, we see the masked man reining in his great horse at the camp he shares with Tonto. Oh, 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 we won't let her find it out unless we have to. Oh, um, that good. There are still things we have to do before we can catch the outlaws. Isn't that right? I want you to find the sheriff and his deputies. Don't tell them anything, but learn where to locate them if we need them in a hurry. How to do that? We must be sure to be ready for whatever happens. drive for Mrs. Kent from town to her home, and when she arrived there, she was surprised to see a number of horses standing outside the house. She climbed down from the buckboard, and when her foreman, Clem, came up to lead the horse away, she asked him about the visitors. Clem, who's the folks come to see me? Joseph gents, I need to speak to you. Uh, you get that package off the stage, ma'am? The stage is late, so I didn't wait for it. Hmm. Are they strangers, Clem? Uh-huh. Uh, the folks in the house. Oh, them. Well, ma'am, maybe they're strangers to you, but they ain't to me. I wonder what they want. You'll find out soon enough, I reckon. I haven't a notion why anybody'd be calling on me. They won't be backward about telling you. Oh, what are you coming in for, Clem? Thought she was going to stable my horse. I got some things to say to you, too. Here she is, boys. Waiting for you, ma'am. Yes. This is Duke Reavers, Miss Kent. You do all the talking for us. What talking? <laughs> you went to town for a right important package, didn't you, Miss Kent? Oh, what's that to you? You'd be surprised. You didn't fetch it back with her, Duke. The stage wasn't in yet. Clem, did you tell these fellers about that package? Sure, I did. <laughs> we know all about that cash, Miss Kent. 
If it won't do you no good to lie about it. You you mean... We mean we want it, we're going to have it. Glenn, aim and rob me. Well, then what of it? And and you're in with them. Of course I am. How else do you think they'd know enough to come here? To, to think you'd do a thing like this for me. Talking won't help. I, I paid you good money. And now you turn on me. I ain't interested in hearing about that. All we want is that cash. Well, it won't do you no good. I never bring it with me. So Clem said. And you won't be able to get it. <laughs> you think not? I know you won't. Red Murphy will keep it when it gets here. And he won't give it up to nobody but me. There's ways of getting around that. <laughs> you, you low, mean, ornery coyote. Clem, hold a gun on her. I'll do that. Holding a gun on a woman. You won't get hurt unless you go against orders. Now sit down over here, Miss Kent. There's a pen and paper. Clem's already read out what we want. You just put your mark on it. Well, what's that paper say? Never you mind about that. You just sign it. And the rest you can leave to me. Mrs. Kent, helpless in the hands of the outlaws, signed the paper written by her foreman and gave it to Duke. We immediately left the house, mounted, and rode for town. Get along there. Get along. Come on. Get along there. Get up there. Come on. Get along. Get along. Get along. The Lone Ranger, riding toward the Kent place, saw Duke racing by and pulled Silver to a stop. Silver. That fellow came from the Kent ranch, and he's heading for town. He's one of the outlaws, but it may be too late. I want to see the hoof prints of his horse. Silver, he is one of them. Tonto and I followed that same track before. We've got to get back to town and find Tonto right away. Yep. All right, old fellow, we'll have to hurry. Time, Duke continued on into town. There, with a signed paper in his hand, he halted before the stage office, dismounted, and strode inside. Red Murphy looked up in surprise at the sound of the door. You the manager here? Uh-huh. What can I do for you? Read this here note. It'll tell all it needs to be told. Yeah. Give it here. It says Miss Kent wants me to give you the package that was to come addressed to her. And what it says? I didn't know nothing about it. She just handed it to me and told me to ride here with it. Uh-huh. The uh, stage coming yet? Oh, it's been here all right. Was the package on it? Yeah, it's here. And give it to me if that's what the note said. I gotta be getting back. I don't know about that. Huh? I sort of figured she'd be coming after it herself. She was here once, wasn't she? Didn't she have the whole trip for nothing? Yeah, I know. Then what's troubling you? Well, I don't savvy why she sent back for it so soon. She told me she'd be in tomorrow. Maybe it's something she wants real bad. It's that, sure enough. But I don't know. Blast it, hand it over, be done with it. Just who are you, anyhow? You work for Miss Kent? Of course I do. I wouldn't be here if I didn't, would I? It's a powerful, important package. I can take care of it. Uh-huh. For all I know, maybe you take care of it too darn well. Say, just what are you hinting? Oh, nothing. Nothing. I was just sort of thinking out loud. Now, Gunnett, what do you want that old woman to do? Ride all that ways back to town just because you're too stubborn to do like she asks? I got another idea. Yeah? There ain't nothing much doing here now. Maybe I could spare the time to run out there with this myself. Why, well, there ain't no need of that. Oh, shucks, it won't be no trouble. I just... Yes. Uh, 
this man take the package. Come in, Keller. You here again? Give him the package. It'll be dark before he gets to the ranch now. Why should I do what you say? I think you will. No, wait. There ain't no reason to get your hands so blamed close to them six guns. Take the package, Duke. Here. Take it to Mrs. Kent. She sent you for it. There's no reason she shouldn't get it. I'm gonna you shouldn't have butted in like this. Go ahead, Duke. Now, Miss Keller's got more sense than you ever did. I hope everything's all right. <laughs> There's something darn funny about this. And all the time I figured you were straight in spite of your mask. You'll have to trust me, Ren. But all that cash. Miss Kent needs it so bad. And if I don't get to her, Mrs. She'll... Kent will get her money. But that fellow looks like a crook to me. He is a crook. Then look here, I'll take that note he brought with him. No, wait. Eh, I'm going now, Red. But don't worry. Mrs. Kent and her money are safe. of the band of outlaws had made themselves comfortable in Mrs. Kent's home while they awaited the return of their leader. Mrs. Kent tried to face them bravely. And as a last resort, she attempted an appeal to the treacherous foreman. Clem, haven't you no decency at all? Can't you see the wickedness of what you're doing? Keep still, Archer. The only reason I want that cash is so I won't lose my place. It's just enough to cover my taxes. And if they ain't paid everything I got, they took away from me. Shucks. You ain't got a long to live anyhow. <laughs> the cash is worth a heap more to us, fellas, than it is to you. <laughs> Clem. Yeah. There's Duke pulling up in front of the house. Oh. Got the package with him. <laughs> He's holding it under his arm. Good. <laughs> By golly, it worked, Duke. And Murphy fellow was darn stubborn, but I got the cash just the same. We'll divvy it up and then get out of here. Yeah. I was just wondering. What's the matter now? You got the cash, all right. But I don't like the idea of leaving anybody behind that can tell the law about us. Yeah. I was thinking the same. You mean we Clem, ought to... You wouldn't do that. You wouldn't do yes, that. Yes, that's we got to look out for. No, Maybe no, you're no. right, Clem. I don't see nothing else to do. But as long as it's your idea, you can take care of it. <laughs> sure. All you fellas set to pull out? Yeah. We're settled up. Now that we got the cash, there ain't nothing holding us. You just think there ain't nothing holding you. This is the law. Come on in, boys. I'll take it here. We ain't got a chance. Sheriff, Sheriff, thank heaven you come. He's the last fellow brought us, Miss Kent. He's the fellow that made Red Murphy give me the cash. I did that, so we'd have enough evidence to arrest you. Then you're a roaring snake for what you've done. How did you trap us? Last fellow followed your trail here. He found Careful, Sheriff. Thanks, Sheriff. I was sort of forgiven. I know what the sheriff was about to say. Yes. He was going to tell about Dan. Get him, Tonto. Um, get him. Get that rope off of me. Hold him, Tonto. Let me do that. We told you. You're not getting away from me. He's got the same-ass man. What is he going to say about Dan? I'll tell you later, Mrs. Kent. Well, we might as well be taking these fellows along to jail. He ain't taking me. Let's make a break for it, Clem. You're doing right up. That'll hold you. Oh, you winked me in the shoulder. Well, I'm darn sorry I didn't finish you up. My hand. That was a darn quick shot, Swenson. I saw him go for his gun. My hand is smashed. Smashed. The masked fellow just shot the gun out of it. Take these men away, Sheriff. Come along, you fellas. Give the masked fellow ahead and meddled in. But he did. Plain lucky thing. Now get out there. My deputies will take care of you. I can't thank you enough for what you've done. There's no need. You said something about Dan. We saw your son, Mrs. Kent. You did? I know you're worried about him. Well, sometimes he, he didn't always do just what he should. There's only one thing I can say. You needn't worry about his going wrong any longer. You sure of that? Yes, Mrs. Kent. Come, Tonto. Uh-huh. Oh, but wait. There's more I want to ask you about Dan. We may meet again, Mrs. Kent. I sure hope so. You will not tell her Dan, bad fellow. 
I couldn't do it, Kimasabe. She always thought of him as being honest and upright. She must never know the truth. Hey, Silver. Tonto, Tonto, think you right. Yes, Tonto. Come on, Silver. Get him up, my son. just heard is a copyrighted feature of the Lone Ranger Incorporated. Get this and previous episodes of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater wherever you get podcasts or by visiting phoenixmedia.us forward slash Silver Age Heroes. Join us again same bat time, same bat station for another presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. Excelsior!